Hello, and welcome to Relevate Presents Scholar's Ship, the podcast where we use real research to analyze, scrutinize, and humanize your favorite TV and movie couples. I'm your host, Eric Goodcase. And today we're going to be breaking all the rules. And we're going to put Baby Houseman in a corner and talk about Dirty Dancing, the 1987 classic. And with me today to talk about it, I have Dr. Amber Venom, relationship researcher, therapist, and the executive director of Relevate. Amber, thanks for joining me. Oh, thanks for having me. Of course. So the name of the podcast is Relevate Presents. We haven't quite you know, introduce that yet. So I want to give you the opportunity, all, all the fans at home, the millions of people listening, let, let them know a little bit about what is Relevate. Relevate, I think, has become not just a thing, but an idea and a, a goal, a movement. The idea that uh, right now, research on relationships is kind of stuck in this realm of researchers talking to each other. And it's hard for people who are not researchers to have access to it. So how how can we change that? How can we make research on relationships more accessible? And that just doesn't mean like we give everyone login information to our journal databases, because that wouldn't necessarily help. How do we right. make it relatable? How do we talk about it in a way that everyone can understand what we're talking about? Yeah, instead of using our ivory tower jargon or talking to each other in the language we understand, how do we communicate that to people who don't yeah. study it every day? And talking to each other is still valuable, of Absolutely. course. Like we have to further the science, but if no one ever knows what that science is, then what's the point? So with a name like Dr. Venom, I feel like <laughs> we should get into a comic book origin story about where did Relevate come from? <laughs> how is it born, this idea? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so when I was in college, I was in an abusive relationship and um, it got really bad. It was predominantly emotionally abusive and I started to feel um, suicidal. And, you know, like, and I kept getting the message from, you know, the systems that I was in, that's a scholarly turn, but the <laughs> relationships I was in that, that um, my feelings were, were invalid, that this was a perfectly normal situation, that it was my fault that I was the crazy one. And I, and internet, I had internet. I didn't have internet before college, but I had internet in college. So no one judged my age. <laughs> that <laughs> I finally Googled symptoms of an abusive relationship. Yeah. And reading that changed my life. Like whatever came up in the search engine of the day, I don't think it was Google. Ask Jeeves. I don't think it was Ask Jeeves either. I think it was just general Amazon. I don't know. Or not Amazon, but what was that we used to dial up? I don't know. You're too young. You don't know. I was going to say, I don't think I can do that. But reading that list, I was so profoundly impacted by that. It was like, it was like reading someone who had been following me around. Mm -hmm. Like they had been observing me and writing down what the symptoms were. I'm like, holy crap. It fit, and the messages you were getting there were so different than the rest of the context you were getting messages from. Yeah. Different places and kind of like making you feel like this is normal. And then you kind of found out, okay, this is not normal. I can put this, I can put a new term to it. Yeah. 
and that I trusted that source. It was, you know, from Center of Health or something yeah. like that. Like it was a reliable source. I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to change something like really drastically in my life and what I'm doing and how I'm in relationships. And I went to our um, the college clinic the next day and got help. Wow. And that's kind of where this idea was kind of born out. How to kind of like come from this experience you had into a more kind of like um, real happening. Yeah. Like the information that we know, we being the people who research relationships can have real value to people who are living relationships every day. So so if there was a person who was interested in learning um, relationship research and they were interested in Relevate, what would they do? Hmm. I'd say they would probably want to contact me. Okay. At my email. Okay. Do you have any social media or does Relevate have any social media? Well, if they just want to follow Relevate. Yeah, to yeah. learn more information. Yeah. Oh, totally. And go to our Facebook page. We have a Twitter account. We have an Instagram account. Are there other social media accounts we have? We have a YouTube Pinterest. channel. Did you say Pinterest? Oh, yeah. And Pinterest. Mm-hmm. We are everywhere. Yeah. And we'll give you the information for how to follow those at the end of the podcast as well. Mm-hmm. So if you are interested, if you were like, oh, I'd love to learn more about what researchers say about relationships, you know, the only messages we're getting are from our immediate context and maybe from TV and movies, which we'll talk about. Um, <laughs> you know, where are some other places I can find those? And yeah. for you, that has profoundly changed your life and that can help lots of other people as well. So if you are interested, we'll give you the information on how to follow that later. So any other um, parting thoughts or things related to Relevate or the importance of Relevate or what how a person could put Relevate to use before we... Get into Dirty Dancing? I think it'll come out when we're talking about Dirty Dancing. That works for me. So let's get to it. But before we kind of get into kind of like really analyzing the movie, tell me a little bit about like your relationship with the movie. Is this like a favorite movie of yours? Is this like, well, what's your your relationship like with the movie? Yeah, I actually don't remember how old I was when I saw it for the first time. Mm -hmm. I just have the feelings of like, oh my gosh, I love this movie. That (laughs) came from being a kid. Yeah. And back in my day, we had cassette tapes. And so I had the Dirty Dancing, Dirty Dancing soundtrack. And the best cassette tapes came with all of the lyrics in the, yeah. the insert, right? Mm-hmm. And so the insert for my Dirty Dancing cassette tape was like barely held together by tape because I would <laughs> go through and I would sing all of the songs and learn all the lyrics. And then I'd choreograph dances to them in my basement with the neighborhood children. <laughs> so... <laughs> So you had a very strong relationship. Yeah, really so, strong. Yeah. We were besties, I think. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, it was profoundly profound impact on me. What do you think it was about this movie that you connected with so much at, at that time or even now? It felt like a story of triumph. How so? So then it felt yeah. like a story of triumph. That um, baby was trying to do something that, although she was very naive to the context of other people and what other people were going through at that time, she was trying to help. Yeah. Um, And, you know, she learned from that experience kind of some of her naivete. Yeah. But also then, ultimately, people worked together and triumphed as a relationship and opinions Mm -hmm. changed and the microculture they were in at that, what's the place of that retreat called? was it Kellerman's? Kellerman's. Yeah. At Kellerman's, like the yeah. culture change there mm-hmm. to a healthier one. Yeah. I didn't have the words for that then, but that's right. what it was. <laughs> <laughs> Looking 
back. That's what yeah. it was. It felt like, yeah. oh man, somebody pushed for change and change happened and things yeah. got better. It was like Johnny coming back, he was advocating mm-hmm. for a change and things yeah. got better. That really resonated for you. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I actually just saw the movie last night before recording. Um, so this is my first exposure. This is like fresh within 24 hours watching it. So I had a very different relationship because like I'm just watching it now. I didn't grow up watching it or like my parents. It was, I don't think it was a big movie for my parents or anything. So yeah, it was different. Yeah, it was probably the, you were probably too late and your parents are probably too early. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Time-wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that because my mom would have been, yeah, I think she would have been too old to like really love it. I know she likes this movie, but of all the dancing themed movies of the late 80s and early 90s, I think she likes flash dance better. I think that's, I think she likes flash dance. Like between like that Footloose and Dirty Dancing, which I just all lumped together. Oh, because like Footloose, I didn't know any better. That's a classic. I didn't know oh, any better. Man. I just like, oh, they're all dance movies. But now that I've watched a couple of them, I can kind of put them into more context. And I was actually surprised watching Dirty Dancing just how much was going on. I thought it was kind of like a um, kind of like a one track story of like, yeah. oh, falling in love with the dance teacher. Oh, it can't happen. <laughs> but there's like there's a lot of other like storylines to it and like intricacies and nuances that I, I was surprised about. So I was actually I, I judged the movie too early. So I'm glad I actually did get a chance to watch it. Would you recommend it to others? Um, I don't know. I definitely recommend it to others. It's a good movie. It's it's fun to watch from this context. I only watched it in the context of, I'm going to be talking about this in an academic way at some point. So like, that's a different context watching it than anyone else. I think it's entertaining though. So I think it's worth watching. It's it's definitely fun to like, it's going to be really fun to like make fun of and pick fun at, but that doesn't mean that there's not like good to it as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's very different if I'm watching it from my adult researcher brain than if I'm watching it from my like, let's just enjoy a movie brain. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's really important. And I think we're going to talk about this a lot. That's going to be a theme on this podcast. It's like to be able to enjoy something, but also to kind of like critically thinking about it. And to critically think about it doesn't mean you, you don't want to ruin things you like. Like I hopefully this process didn't ruin dirty dancing for you. No, all. it didn't. But, you know, be able to critically think about it and still enjoy it. Because like if you can't enjoy it, like I don't want to like take all the enjoyment out of people's lives. So <laughs> that's not the... It's not the point of this podcast. So the if you're listening, yeah. <laughs> we hope this doesn't take all the yes, joy out of your life. Exactly. Still enjoy things that maybe aren't you know, perfect, right? Because nothing is really. So do you wanna do you wanna get into it? Let's get into about? it. All right. Yeah. So let's just kind of I think going chronologically and thinking about when the family's introduced and uh, baby mentions that back when everyone called me baby, back when I was too young to care about that. And it's like, it was like uh, a very much a movie moment of like, they're really trying to communicate that this is a coming of age movie. <laughs> like really, they were. really like, yes. they're trying, trying to take a shortcut. It's like, oh, she's going to do some growing up in this movie. They call her, how much, <laughs> they call her baby at the beginning. <laughs> so what are, your, what are your first impressions of baby and the family as you kind of like see them kind of like coming to Kellerman's and kind of like getting acquainted and talking to people. And we're in my research brain now. Uh, research brain or your non-research, whatever is coming to head first. Yeah. <laughs> so the, I think currently like using my research brain, the, I was, the things that stood out to me most in rewatching the movie were like right from the beginning, those, how they 
we're kind of taking, trying to draw out some of the issues around social class and clashes between classes and the dynamics there and discrimination. And watching it as a kid, I that totally didn't like register. Right. Yeah. Like <laughs> watching it as an adult, I'm like, wow, good for them. They were taking that on as a movie. Like yeah, it's coming really of age, but there's also you know some some more. They're attending to the complexities of that. Yeah, and the opening, or not quite the openings, but that scene in, towards the beginning where the, the Kellerman guy is talking to the waitstaff in a very different way than he talks to, like, the entertainment, what I don't want to call the entertainment crew or whatever he called it. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, both workers for the place, I don't really know what to call it, the resort. Resort, yes. Yeah. Both workers for the resort, but viewed very differently because of their social class and where they come from and things like that. Mm-hmm. So how about in that scene... We get our first introduction to a wearing his sunglasses inside and carrying a leather jacket over his shoulder. Oh, he's so cool. Patrick Swayze. What is kind of your first impression of Swayze as he's kind of like, you know, entering the movie, kind of the beginning of the movie, what's your first impression of him? I can't separate that out from my like teenage girl brain. Because my teenage girl brain was like... He's hot. Yeah. Right? Like, that was my reaction as a teenage girl. So, yeah. separating that, I was uh, watching it as an adult. You're um, still like, he's hot, right? Yeah, but more now it's more like the idea of what he was representing. Gotcha. Yeah. You know, like the the way that they, the dramatic entrance in the movie mm-hmm. is like, he's representing, I'm going to use scientific terms. You're going right. to have to help me translate that into normal language. Like, he's representing a change agent. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he's kind of the, um, he, he sticks out. Yeah. He's very much meant to stick out. And you know, because he comes in looking like that and like acting like that and kind of leading that crew in a way, at least in, in that scene. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's the leader of the crew. If we, I think he's probably the leader. Probably of the pretty crew. close. Yeah. He's definitely the best dancer. Yes. So I think that makes him the leader. Yeah. It's a dance crew and he's the best dancer. I think, I think he's the that. leader. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say that. But like, just kind of like, he represents everything about that group. He is he is meant to be the the symbol for that. He's the icon. Exactly. He's the icon. And like yeah. everything he does kind of is symbolic in a way of of greater issues and yeah. ideas. So. And his first in it, like he first comes in and he's guarded and he's antagonistic and yeah, definitely. you know, presenting this like pushback against the power definitely. and the man. And mm-hmm. then I I love how the movie throughout his character um throughout you see those more vulnerable parts of him yes. and him expressing how he wrestles with that role. Absolutely. And I think that's really cool that you see his progression. And like you see progression in Baby as well, obviously, um, yeah. it's really intended to do that. Um, but at the beginning, you kind of get that really like, um, um, like better than you vibe from her, mm-hmm. but not in the way of like, she's like, oh, I'm trying to be better than my rich friends and family like because I actually want to like change the world and things like that so there's definitely like this kind of like pretentiousness to her at the beginning oh definitely that gets a little bit shattered later on and like mm-hmm. when it was first introduced I was again I was kind of like going through like the trope in my head it's like oh here we go again we have this character who is um you know gonna change the world and um meant to be so different and like very much meant to be a foil to her sister who is like an exaggeration of this like of like what it means to be like rich or pretty or whatever the case mm-hmm. was and like um 
kind of like the exaggeration to of what be baby a female in her be. class. Yes, okay. thank you. So like what baby doesn't want to be yeah. so much of her sister. Yep. <laughs> you know, so but she still is. Way. She finds out that yeah. she is out of touch with what the reality is of like what it means to suffer and to yeah. to have less power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think she connects to her sister a little bit on a little more as the movie goes on as she kind of realizes some of those things. And we're not as unlike our families as we think we are sometimes. Right. We try. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes we do. <laughs> um so we kind of get these ideas of what the characters kind of look like a little bit. Um, and then it kind of moves into uh, the next big thing I saw was like the, um, oh, actually before that, the, um, the other kind of like symbolic character very much is, is Neil, the, the person who they're kind of pushing baby towards dating. He's so like, creepy. Yes, he is very creepy. And he's kind of meant to be like the, an exaggeration of like, again, if you're in that class, this is what you're looking for. The preferred they had choice. To make him, yeah, but they had to make him like a jerk in all other ways. Because again, it's a movie, you only have a certain amount of time to like show these things. So they have to like make him like a creepy jerk in addition to like all these other things that he, the, the more positive qualities he might have or like things he might be seeing in a more positive light for. I think the scenes where Neil is in, the, the one that sticks out to me is when um, he takes baby outside and they're standing and Robbie and Lisa come out of the woods. Yeah. And she's saying something like where she's chastising Robbie in some way and she's pulling her sweater up over her shoulder and yeah. kind of stomping. And um, my first thought is, what what just happened? What was happening there? And then, you know, Neil was like, oh, sorry, you had to see that, baby world is a rough place and this is weird weird interesting mix-up of like class dynamics and gender dynamics so if like baby she's going on to get a college degree but still the preferred choice for her is a male who is going to treat her like a baby so exactly that's a really and then they're watching potentially lisa um have to say, no, I don't want to have sex with Robbie in the bushes. Robbie getting mad at her and them walking away and her chasing after him. Like this interesting gender ideas around like sex and who protects the sexuality and who tries to the very much so. who tries to take it. Yeah, it's very much again a very good comparison to later on with Baby and Johnny, mm-hmm. where there it's much more mutual. Mm-hmm. Whereas Lisa and Robbie play into that kind of like aggressor and gatekeeper sexual script that tends to like befall in terms of like how males and females talk about sexuality. Men are supposed to be like going after it and women are supposed to be gatekeepers. It's not a mutual conversation. It's like opposing forces. And that's very much represented in them and not so much in Johnny and um, Baby. Yeah. yeah. I think I'm still traumatized by that scene because as a kid, I didn't, I don't think it even registered what was happening there. Mm-hmm. But now as an adult watching it, I'm like, I'm so offended. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's hard. for like for Lisa, I guess. Yeah. And it's really hard to watch. And for any, baby. It's really hard to watch any scene that Robbie is in, really. Yeah. It's or really, Neil. Yeah, or Neil. Robbie, I think, is I think harder, at least for me, to watch. Just like he's just He makes so, me want to call him offensive names. Yeah, he's just he's just so outwardly terrible. Yes. And like you don't see any of his redeeming qualities that it's like it's hard to even like watch that at all. But, I mean, he had go on to have a great career kicking for the Chicago Bears um, <laughs> in the 2000s. So, oh. I don't know exactly how that works timeline-wise, but, like, it's good for him that he turned his life around. That's great. 
we would like to interrupt your current listening experience to introduce you to another podcast you might like. Lisa Lucas from Best Forevers, a podcast for kindred spirits. I'd like to start a movement where we spend more time loving on our friends because although friends are important to us, they're often in the shadow of other relationships. So if you want to love on your friendships a little bit more, embrace friendship a little bit more, or just appreciate your friendships a little bit more, then this podcast is for you. We'll explore all the different ways friendships take place share the amazing stories of friendship, and discuss best practices for the difficulties that friends may experience. It's time to embrace friendships because without our friends, who would we be? So check out Best Forevers on iTunes, Stitcher, and all the other podcasting listening venues. And be sure to follow Best Forevers Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So you get the idea that baby very much is like adventurous and like wants something more yeah. out of life than what she has and like wants to kind of like make trouble and go yeah. on adventures. And so it turns out she wants to carry watermelons into parties. And then she gets into the party, which very much I'm assuming is where the movie gets its name is where they're very much like trying to like um, really show like the sexuality and the sensuality of the dancing and like mm-hmm. in juxtaposition to like baby watching <laughs> and like clearly not seen that before but like it was definitely an interesting um her shock yeah exactly it's definitely an interesting scene but she still kind of went after a little bit she still like went in and um, ah, she's got some courage yeah definitely mm-hmm. has some courage and talks to Swayze a little bit mm-hmm. they have a weird dance lesson like, yeah. the very first dance lesson was a little weird like didn't, didn't like seem to be working too well but i'm like what was the directing on that because like he turns her and then like ducks and runs away <laughs> like, is that really what would happen i don't think yeah, so. yeah it's very odd but it's like very odd. swayze kind of has that initial like what's she doing here kind of a thing but then immediately kind of like giving her dance lessons <laughs> so I didn't maybe see he's the, like maybe that's supposed to tell us he's drawn to her in that moment yeah i, th- I think very much it's trying to I think you're right. It's trying to like show that as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Her facial expressions kill me though. Like there's a lot of scenes where she, her facial expression looks like deer in headlights or like, like I think it's supposed to be, be evoking like, like femininity in some way. Like I'm, Oh, I'm, I don't know what's happening. I'm mm-hmm. so, I don't know what, like, yeah, that's I get true. a little irritated by that facial expression. Yeah. She had a lot of facial expressions that I noticed that were kind of like, mm-hmm. So there's a lot of, like, people looking at each other without communicating in the movie. There is. That is a huge theme. It's just, like, no talking. Yeah. Let's just look at each other, and it's like we're communicating through our eyes. And then we're going to hook up, but we're not going to talk about it before or after. As a relationship researcher, I have major issues with that. What are we teaching our kids? There is issues with that. Because then we're starting to, like, get close to, because, like, clearly Baby's very interested in Johnny. And she's, like, Mm -hmm. I think she went to that party mostly after him. It's not, like, sad or anything. It seems to me that's where she's going. She was watching him dance earlier, and then she kind of goes back and... Trying to remember exactly what happened where they start talking again. Do they start talking again before kind of like the the pregnancy scene happens, or is that kind of where they come back to talking? I don't remember. I think it was the yeah, she's dancing um with Neil. Mm-hmm. 
and he's showing her the kitchen to get her food and That's she right. sees Penny crying mm-hmm. in the corner and then runs and gets guy who carried watermelons. Yes. <laughs> just the character I don't remember the name of. Guy who, who goes who, against Johnny. He who carries watermelons. <laughs> he who carries, well, just that'll be the name. Watermelon dude. And then the, he goes and gets Johnny, and I think that's yeah. where they reconnect. Okay, yeah. So, like, and there's still not a lot of, like, chemistry between the two. Like, there's not, like, this spark or this kind of, like, they're not, like, catching each other's eye or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So what do you think of kind of, like, this, and we can even go further than the scene, obviously, in terms of, like, their their chemistry in general. What did you, your thoughts, kind of, like, watching them? And I think for her, it's, like, this... Um... She's idolizing the idea of him. Yeah, you know, definitely. like it's probably not very reality based, but mm-hmm. he comes in very confident and um, isn't afraid to say what he's thinking, and that's who she wants to be. And although, he, and though he doesn't feel that he is that, that he mm-hmm. does that, and later praises her for that, yeah. but he he puts on that um, kind of rebellious uh airs i think yeah. she's attracted to that the idea of of what he represents yes i think you're absolutely right i think it kind of really plays into her wanting something different and her wanting to like get out of mm-hmm. where she's at and be adventurous and like he represents that to her and it's definitely very much her pursuing and him kind of like not super interested at first it seems yeah. like because yeah. he definitely doesn't want to dance with her yeah when they when they decide that they're going to do some dancing and he's just a terrible teacher also <laughs> He's like really mean as a teacher, like not really like, I was like very, like, I thought there were going to be a lot of like, from the beginning, there'd be some like chemistry there, but he was not. It's very weird. It's like suddenly just through the act of dancing together, now they now are attracted to each other. Yeah. And that kind of like. I Power that, of dance. I think that very much plays into um, how people view intimacy and what intimacy means and how like physical intimacy and like, if you're very like, even if it's non-sexual, like just dancing, physical intimacy really played into um, where their chemistry came from. And they didn't, quote unquote, they didn't have to do the other kind of like emotional intimacy pieces. <coughs> really played into that that narrative or that theme. Right. And that they were naked, like quasi-naked yeah, together a lot. A lot of quasi-nakedness. <laughs> and then suddenly they like love each other mm-hmm. <laughs> yes yeah, so that idea of intimacy and like oh i see you naked and now we're close together so we're close to each other frequently and yes. so now we're going to be like a couple in some way mm-hmm. i'm like have they even been talking like do they know anything about each other just that he's really mean as a teacher right? like that's, that's the only talking that i know is happening and she's just like really working towards his approval and like that's yeah. how it worked at the beginning but yeah like, I expected him to do more teaching as opposed to like concentrate more. You're doing it wrong. Uh, like, I'm sure that's also like part of his teaching, but it's not just, that's not what they showed. Yeah. Yeah. So there's not a lot of, but it seemed like that was part of the push and pull of their relationship too. Yeah. Like in that, it heightened the, the um, intensity or excitement almost like this yeah. idea of like, we're in conflict somehow and that makes us feel more chemistry to each mm-hmm. other. That idea, like when you've got a relationship that's exciting, that might yes. not actually be, healthy yes that is exciting unhealthy narrative alert yes like the idea of like excitement and like anger and is passion right like if you're really like if you're yelling a lot and you're just like 
don't know. It's just, it's like a sign of passion. They're just so passionate about each other. Like, passion. And she yells back yeah. at him at some point because he's yelling yeah. at her. And then he's like, fine then. And then they get in the car and drive. To yeah. And I'm like, what? Where did that come that from? Was, and then he's just like, was, and then is this the scene where he like breaks his window too? Or yeah. He just like breaks his window and like, <laughs> I'm sorry. If I just was yelling at someone and they broke their car window, I'm probably not going to go on a date with them. That's no. probably not a good no. life choice. And then by the time they get to the river, they're, they're totally, BFFs. yes, they're totally BFFs. Even in the car on the way to the river, it's totally resolved. Yeah, it's like, oh, you're crazy. And like, that was it. <laughs> like, where, what? <laughs> where did this come from? They've had no, like connection through words at all it's all just been like touching each other and yeah which again dancing. goes back to that narrative of like oh we had yeah. this passionate conflict absolutely and now we that means that we have intimacy and like from a um from a scientific standpoint like physiological arousal and like um desire and feelings are separate like they are different interests you can have one without the other but to make sense of like imagine that like even if they weren't attracted to it from the beginning, if there was that much touching and dancing, there's going to be some level of physiological arousal. Right. And the way you make sense of that could be lots of different ways, right? It could just be like, oh, you know, we're dancing together a lot. That's just, it's just. I don't think that's that. how most people think about it. Exactly. But yes. most of the time you're going to go to like, oh, I have some connection or some feelings here. And that seems to be where they're kind of like gathering a lot of their connections through this like very physical place. Yes. And it's yeah. like that then now that, that dance lesson where they're in the water, there's more nakedness, yeah. quasi-nakedness. She's got yeah. a see-through shirt on. Right. Yeah. right. And then by the time they get back from that, now they're now they're a couple. They're, they hold hands as they walk in and then discover oh, Penny's I missed that. surgery didn't go well. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I think Let's then, it's, that. then was, I think yeah. it's right after that that she that night after she gets her dad, that she goes to Johnny's room and they have sex. Yeah. I think. And then there's, they have that vulnerable conversation in there. <clears throat> that like one where, um, after he, she goes and gets her dad and it doesn't, it, it, you know, the abortion doesn't go very well. So she goes and gets her dad, the dad helps out, but then it's kind of like standoffish towards Swayze. Cause Swayze said like, I'm responsible for her, which dad took for like, Oh, that's your child or whatever. Um, but she, the baby came back to Johnny to kind of like have that conversation and like they were fairly vulnerable at one point they, yeah. they were like you know like sharing how they were scared and how he really admired that she did the right thing in the moment even though she knew he, he she knew something bad was going to happen and she was like you think I'm this way I think you're this way and like they had this like moment where they were kind of like getting to this very vulnerable phase place and then they cut it short to like dance with each other and get naked. So like they really were starting to go there. And again, it's a movie. Yeah. Right. So they, they have, have to speed like, up timeline. Right. They have to take shortcuts. They have to get this all across in an hour and a half. I think but the it, part that I didn't buy, and maybe this is what you're getting to, yeah. is like that they had enough um they'd created enough intimacy, emotional intimacy in the relationship prior to that to have that deep of a conversation at that yes. point. Yeah. So I'm like, wow, that is a really constructive conversation where yes. they are being really vulnerable with each other and like was. really real. It was good. And it came out of, it very much came out of nowhere. Yeah. Because they hadn't had mostly any conversations. Before. Right. And then suddenly they're able to talk to each other. And it was so short lived. It was like a couple of sentences of vulnerability and then like dance with me. And then, 
Well, what's interesting in that scene is she's pursuing him. Yes. Still. I mean, she's so. been pursuing him the whole time, but yeah. she initiates the mm-hmm. the idea of let's I want to have sex with you. Yeah. 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 Which would go against potential gender narratives at the time. Or That's true. Ones. Yeah. So I think they very, like I said earlier too, like I think they very much play into the more mutual idea of sexuality yeah. and like engaging in sex as opposed to um, kind of the traditional narrative, like you're saying, like pursuer and like gatekeeper kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then later he talks, I don't know if it's that the next morning, which mm-hmm. he asks him, how many women have you had? I or how many... There's that conversation with Penny first, where Penny's like, what you doing, bro? Oh. You tell me all the time not to do this. Yeah. And then, because there was, like, this really awkward situation where they're all in Penny's room together. Like, why was that so awkward? I don't know. And, like, so that was awkward. They're probably trying to hide it, which I can understand, but it was awkward afterwards, too. Yes. Like, what was the awkwardness? I didn't understand. Yeah. It was just inherent because they had sex, but they were so vulnerable and transparent with each other before sex. Did sex somehow trans... Ooh, interesting. Yeah. But then all it took was him like smiling at her as he was walking away. And, and then like, they're oh, fine. Okay, let's go have sex later. Like, like the desperation good. in her voice when he's walking away. Johnny! Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. And then he turns and smiles and then they're fine. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely need they're more. like, that is not effective communication. Definitely need some more conversation going on. Yeah. Right? Um, can, we, can, we, can we ask where the condoms are? I, That's a really good question. That is not mentioned at all. I had Especially to Google it because I'm like, when were condoms created? They were definitely full-flung in use yes. during that mm-hmm. the time period of the movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I Googled it. Nice. I like your research. Because <laughs> I was like, maybe maybe they just, it wasn't like super accessible. Mm-hmm. And that leads us back to Penny. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and um, yeah, they don't mention it at all, even though like, it's a very much a theme in the movie that Pregnancy, like unattended pregnancy. Yeah. And birth control was also really, was, you know, coming onto the market and it seemed like about half of women were using birth control pills Mm -hmm. by then too. Yeah. I'm like, what what is the STD rates happening at this Kellerman's? Yeah, there was a lot of sex going on. (laughs) The, um, what are they, I wrote this down. The bungalow bunnies, they wrote that. Yeah. that, like the older women who had kind of tried to seduce, if you can call it that. The, the and that's what Johnny that. talks about yeah. later, too. Yeah. His struggle with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was another opportunity where he was like being very vulnerable. I think that's, that's a conversation you were getting mm-hmm. about like the how many women have you been with? And mm-hmm. it becomes like, it sounded like for her, it might have been coming out of a place of um, insecurity, maybe. Just yes. Might have been. Yeah, maybe. Um, but it, it, it turned into a bonding moment for the two of them when he was able to be vulnerable back with her. Yeah. So she was kind of like presenting vulnerability, like how many women have you been with? There's probably some vulnerability there just in asking the question. And he kind of like met it with vulnerability. So that was like one of their And I think that also gave her insight into some of the class dynamics that yes. she wasn't aware of previously. Yes. Like to me, that seemed like a place where she suddenly had more empathy for mm-hmm. what it meant to yeah. be considered a lower class at Kellerman's. Yeah. And she's been getting that a little bit. I think that was like one of the bigger moments yeah. where it's like, oh, like they were taking advantage of you, not the other way around kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Or maybe she was assuming that he would be taking advantage of him based on gender. Yes. Gender power mm-hmm. dynamics. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah. Hypothesizing. Yeah, that's the fun part about this, right? <laughs> so, I don't know if I'm skipping too far ahead, but they had that really intense, like, fight afterwards. I'm trying to remember exactly what it was, but I remember he was saying, like, well, you're not going to tell your dad. 
about us and she was telling him to like fight harder about like um being respected more but she still is not in that place where she's realizing that like fighting harder for him wouldn't necessarily lead to positive outcomes like he knows that he feels like stuck in this place because of his history and she's like why aren't you just trying harder and then he's like oh yeah well how come you're not trying harder tell your dad about us and they got really intense again there um what was kind of your reaction watching that kind of like their first like argument as a couple well, not their first argument their first big argument like as a couple i don't remember how it resolved i don't either i didn't write it down so i was turning it to you oh for thanks. your reaction i don't remember because the thing that my head goes to right from that is then later in the movie when she <clears throat> owns up to being with him yeah, the night. It's, it's not it's shortly after that. There's not a lot that happens in between those two things. But I don't remember how they resolve the fight. I don't either. It might have even been that they don't resolve it and walk away and then that scene happens. I don't remember. Totally don't remember. Yeah. So people out there. Yeah. Maybe you know. Sorry. Sorry. You can look it up. Yeah. Also, <laughs> show us this way earlier, but spoilers. You should be watching this if you're worried about spoiling the movie. If we're gonna get to the end and we're gonna we're gonna spoil it. Feel like I should have led with that, but you should know a podcast about movies would spoil some things. So back to the movie. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, go so one of the things that um, I think stood out also to me about this movie, watching it now, mm-hmm. is the dynamic between uh, Baby and her dad. Yeah, absolutely. And they have that really real conversation where, like, mm-hmm. he's sitting looking out at the water, and she comes and says, you know, like. I know I've disappointed you, but you've disappointed me too. It's a great speech. It's, right? Like, yeah. wow, how many young adults can communicate so clearly what they're feeling yeah, really to a disapproving, mm-hmm. you know, parent in that moment. And I like how they portrayed him too. I like that he was kind of um he, he didn't fit so far into a trope, right? Of, of like the overprotective dad, which he was to a certain was, extent, but yeah. he's still like he went and helped Penny. He like was really like cordial and kind in that situation too. When he could have been like, he was probably like really stressed and angry, but he was able to kind of like put himself in that place and help Penny out yeah. when he was in that place. And then um, you see him kind of like break down and cry after that conversation with, with uh, baby. With baby. Um, and you, you see different sides of him other than just like the I'm overprotective. Yeah. He's trying to do what's right. Mm-hmm. I think wrestling with like, what's doing what, does it mean to do what's right for his like uh, patients? Yes. Versus like medically or mm-hmm. socially in the world versus yeah. wanting to protect baby. Yeah. And his assumptions about who Johnny is based yes. on mm-hmm. I think some class discrimination yeah. and I think ideas. He, he he faces that, and you see that in the movie later too, where he's like, end. "I admit when I'm wrong." Yeah. Um, I think it still feels grudgingly a little bit at the end. (laughs) He does. Yeah. I'm sure there's, yeah. (laughs) And I just like that he, you saw different sides of him. Mm -hmm. And I think that that was really cool to see that and to have him wrestle with some of those ideas too. Yeah. And then he, he worked at it and mm -hmm. changed. Yeah. And he's very much a representation of like that class and the people in a different side than Neil was. Yes. So Neil was representing kind of like the bad end of that. I think dad represented like, yes, some um, misunderstanding and some some class, um, classism, yeah. but still just willing to kind of like work on it and think about things and to better the world. Because he was very proud of the fact that she wanted to better the world. 
And I think yeah. that really much fits yeah. with. Well, I think that's why she was saying that she was disappointed to him because she yes. got that value from him. <laughs> yeah. That we need to use the resources we have or the privilege we have to, mm-hmm. to help others. Yeah. She's like, here I am trying to do that. And now you're punishing me for it. Mm-hmm. You let me down by making these assumptions. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, she doesn't come clearly, quite clearly out in the, and say mm-hmm. that. But, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, well, we we kind of got to the fact that Johnny's fired, you know, regardless of whether he was stealing or having sex with, I'm assuming, underage. I don't know what the ages are on the two of them. Um, She is he just graduated. Drastic, he looks drastically <laughs> older, but he might not be. Yeah, I don't know. She just graduated high school, so she's okay. going. She's about okay. to go into her first year of college. So she may be eighteen. Yeah, I'd say she's probably eighteen. Okay. Yeah, I pictured yeah. her as like sixteen. No, it was um, for class reasons that gotcha. he got fired because the the lower class staff are right. not allowed to inter- have gotcha. romantic relations with the that makes sense high class clientele. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I kind of like the scene at the beginning with the waiters and stuff. Yes. Yeah, okay, that makes yes. sense. Yeah. But yeah, so he gets fired. Um, kind of predictable, but like it, I think it is an important part of the movie. Um, and then he tries to go talk to her dad, and that doesn't go well. But like, kudos for him for going to try and yeah. talk to dad. Yeah, true, true. Like, he shows some courage. Yeah. And I think he maybe, he might point to maybe his courage, and like I think they kind of play off each other, which is good. Yeah. But also, Dad's still pretty sure that Johnny is the one who got Penny pregnant, so you can see where a lot of his like anger is coming from too. Mm-hmm. Like you can tell he's like pretty upset, and like mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I guess we're at like the end here in terms of like after that big kind of blowout with Swayze. Swayze drives away, and then the can we talk show about starts. that scene? That scene really bothers me. Which one? The one where he drives away. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Go for it. Yeah. So, like, you know, I research uh, decision making and in relationships and that scene bothers me because they're like talking like they're so into each other. Right. And then he gets fired and he's just like, okay, I'm leaving. Like, there's no conversation of like, so what does that mean for us? Like, are we getting back together afterwards? Like, they're going to. It's like she's leaving Kellerman's in like a day. Yeah. So like, do they live in drastically different places? I have no idea. Yeah. Like, is it just like, oh, well, it was nice while it happened. We're gone. You're gone. Yeah. And then she's like super torn up about it, but she only would have been with him one more day anyway. Yeah, <laughs> like, even before like, he got fired, they haven't talked about like what. Hey, yeah. Let's write each other letters or right. There's yes. Where do you live? <laughs> That'd be interesting information. Right. Like <laughs> right. Yes. Are you within? You know. Miles of my, uh, uh, my college or my family or like, are you, where are you? Like, like yeah, there's just so much discussion do that more. doesn't happen. Yeah. Like, and they easily could have written that in as they're walking to the car. Yeah. Like, right. There's a lot of opportunities for more <laughs> discussion. <laughs> happen, like something. Yeah. Just something <laughs> like, you know, they could have added even just like five minutes onto the movie. Just right. like some conversation. Like, I live here. Okay, we should write letters. Right. Like something. Something that shows that they are like a little like invested in each other more than just because like watching it, it's hard to tell whether they're like, you know, quote unquote in love or just like they're okay with like this is just a fling. Like, right. They, I can't tell. It's hard to tell whether that what they want out of it. Right. It seems like they want more. Right. Because of not, really super intimate conversations. Yes. But they also seem like they're kind of okay with just like 
just having some fun while they're at Kellerman's because like they know it's such a short situation, like a sort of short time period. Yep, hard to say. Yeah. But as we know, that lack of decision making can have poor yeah. outcomes for relationships. Yes. Would you like to say more about that? <laughs> no, you brought it Not up. Not that I brought it up. Yeah. I don't know. Well, so for in research terms, it's like, man, they're sliding a lot. Mm-hmm. And the like whole having sex without even knowing each other at all or like yeah. talking about like what it would mean or any of those kinds of things those are great for a movie but not great in real life yeah in real life there's a lot of complications to that as we see with penny like penny although it sounds like maybe they had the conversation she and robbie but she says i thought he loved me yeah, yeah. you know like but did they talk about it i don't know is it just implied right just like how those mixed signals can get people into really bad situations yeah and kind of the idea of like sending incorrect signals to like get what you want in Robbie's case, or yeah. like just mixed signals are not even not even mixed signals, but just not talking about the signals with baby and child. Like they don't even know they, they can pick they up might not a even bit. know themselves, like yeah, have exactly. sat there and thought about like what are the implications of me being mm-hmm. in this relationship or yeah. and that's just, what that's do just I want dangerous. out of it? Like, it is not to say that they couldn't get lucky. Like maybe yeah, they sure. don't make these decisions and it turns out things work could work for them totally but like they don't know enough each other about that to like you know it's a probability game they're they're not playing the right odds right yeah especially because you know like if we look at the research on you know how different or similar are two people when they get together and how that Mm -hmm. impacts you know the likelihood that they'll stay together support from parents and friends you know things how they navigate everything, what are the cultural differences and how they work those out. It's like, it's just, it's complicated. So if you don't talk about it, yeah. chances of working it out are Yeah, just smaller. like having it happen by accident right. versus like trying to like build a plan together, like a, yeah. co-constructing a plan together. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's much more, the probability is much higher of that than just like accidentally falling into this great relationship. Well, and lucky for her, he decided to come back. Yeah. But none of that was like talked about. None of that was talked about. She just thought she wasn't going to see him again. Like they easily could have like at some point. (laughs) Like let's write her. They could have just like at least talked about it a little bit. Like he's got a car. He could come visit her. Like even just like, okay, this is goodbye. Right. Let's say goodbye. Right. Is this, is this mean we're over? Like that wasn't discussed. Nothing. It was just rough. Without a clean break, they have the chances of getting back together without knowing why they're back together and then breaking yeah. up again without knowing why. <laughs> the problems yeah. leads to increased risk of violence and conflict and yep. all kinds of yeah. nasty outcomes. Absolutely. And it's not what we hope for. No. Baby and Johnny. No. <laughs> they're such a, um, you know, they're inspirational characters. We they want are. to succeed. Yeah. yeah. I really like Swayze in this. Side note, I like Swayze in this. I thought he did a really great job. What did you I, like about it? I just think he, like what you said earlier about kind of like seeing how he changed through the through the movie, I thought he represented that well, not just in his, his um, what was written, because there wasn't like a script to go from, like a ton of words to go from, but like just in like his body language and how he presented himself differently, so different and like just being able to be vulnerable and like, portray that vulnerability because he couldn't do it very much with words through his facial expressions. Yeah. Like, he did a good job. I liked him in that. Yeah. I, I, I liked, I it just, I just enjoyed him as, when I first <laughs> saw him in the sunglasses, like, oh, this kind of character. Like, it was very different than like how he, and her he was, was multidimensional. Yeah, hers in the same way. Cause originally I was just like, oh my God. 
this character again. Like I've seen this character a million times. Like yeah. rich female wants more out of life and adventurous and like is gonna change the world and like but they really kind of like broke that down instead of like letting her live in that fantasy. They just like, they show it, like they challenge it. They challenge it, yeah. Yeah. Well and we talked about how, you know, babies breaking some gender and class norms. Yes. But so is Johnny. Absolutely. You know, like he presents us in this real masculine stereotypical masculine way and then but is also able to be really vulnerable yeah throughout absolutely and, and dad too uh, and dad too dad yeah yeah able to reach a certain amount of vulnerability in the movie which was cool we don't see enough of mom she's yeah we really don't see <laughs> she's it. barely in the movie except she can't putt that's the one thing i remember about oh yeah she can't putt she can't putt mm-hmm. so. <laughs> but that that talent show though it was a little weird just like the, the song they were doing it was, it was getting a little like it was a little like this is, this is odd. And Which then, song they were doing? That the, like the the group song. Oh, together, the group song. We're all yeah. together at the end. Yeah. singing about Kellermans and mm-hmm. uh, Kellerman was talking about like how kids just want to go to Europe these days. And <laughs> <laughs> very odd scene. They could have cut that out and put in some conversation between Baby and Johnny. There you go. There you go. Cut there you go. Didn't need that as much. Take that out. We but, don't need that scene. But you see the hero Johnny come in, and all his friends are like, "Oh." Yeah, yeah. I can't believe you're here, man. So cool. Nobody puts baby in a corner. And then the the iconic scene. She's sitting in a corner. Literally in a corner. Because, you know, you have to like really punch people in the face with symbolism for people to get it. (laughs) Like calling her baby and actually putting her in a corner. (laughs) Nobody puts baby in a corner. And then brings her up on stage and like... Her facial response to him charging in and taking her hand is so bizarre. She's got that same, like, yeah. doe and headlights look she throughout does. that part. And I'm like, why would she be looking at him like that? Wouldn't she be smiling and, like, something? Like yeah. something? Like, she thought she'd never see him again. And, that's and then she does in, like, she, in a very, like, intense way. And I think they're like, trying to capture, like, demureness or something for females. I might irritates me. I'm like, no. I have no idea what's going on. Here. No, neither. Well, he does something really cool and, like, Talks about how, he, how much he learned from her and like learning that, know, you know, so about sweet. like trying to change the world and like going to do it. And, like, I thought that was really cool. And then he does his um, his dance. And I've actually, the only time, other time I had seen Patrick Swayze dance was on Saturday Night Live with Chris Farley for the Chippendale. <laughs> so, I've like, never this seen really that. Cool. So, oh, it's hilarious. You should yeah. watch Chris oh, Farley wow. doing a Chippendale audition. So That sounds like You can see how that would yeah. go. Uh, but Swayze, you know, doing his dance moves and then the best part is like everyone dances together and it's like this very symbolic like everyone like classes are dancing together different ages are dancing together different styles of dance like the they're still doing kind of like the, the fancy foxtrot stuff and um still the dirty dancing going on they had no issue doing that in different contexts with kids and families around I was like oh no we'll and kellerman this. kind of admits he was wrong and then he then yeah, he turns yeah, yeah. and says do you have sheet music on this stuff like and he's smiling and like, oh, okay, he's acknowledging there's value in, in Johnny's ideas. and Yeah. Even though before he was dismissing them. Absolutely. It was cool. Mm-hmm. It was a very cool, like, way to end the movie. See, uplifting. In fact, yeah, like, it, it oh. was. It was a very good ending. And, like, I just assumed that it wasn't going to end that well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I like that it kind of came together like that. The only thing that bothers me about that scene also, well, in addition to her facial expression at the beginning, <laughs> is that her, uh, that scene there, that music is clearly not from the late 60s. No, it's not. And there's actually, I was watching, um, I was watching it on Amazon. And if you watch it on your computer on Amazon, yeah. it'll like 
tell you exactly who's in the scene, it'll tell you the actors and stuff, but it'll also give you like facts. And there's a Otis Redding song, I think, during in the movie, yeah. and it, uh-huh. it came out after the movie was set. So they're all dancing to the song that came out after the movie was set. Oh, really? Yeah, so huh. that's really funny. I can't remember what the song was now. Is it, it Love was Man? The Is that what Otis Redding? Yes. Yep. It was. The, it was the song that was playing when <laughs> Baby tries to give Penny the money. I remember that. I'm pretty scene. sure that's what it was. Oh, oh, yeah. Now I do. Yep. She goes up to the staff yeah. quarters and yeah. Uh huh. I think that's what it was, or or it was the original dance scene. I don't remember exactly. It was one of those scenes in that like staff quarters dance area. Yeah. 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 Hmm. That was interesting. Yeah. So some some if you're sensitive to <laughs> inconsistencies, <Yeah. laughs> factual inconsistencies, then then that might irritate you about the movie but if you let that go it's very enjoyable yeah and those have nothing to do with relationship science right so, so it's not <laughs> it's not gonna um, affect your life anyway if you take it to heart yeah. and think it was a different time yeah um so where do you think you know just using you know your research brain and maybe some like hopeful nostalgic brain as well where do you think what do you think happens after the movie? The credits are over. And what do you think happens with Baby and Johnny and the families? And what kind of lives do you see for see for them? Well, I think given their foundation, which isn't super solid as a couple, if they they would have to either kind of go back in time and relearn things about themselves to yeah. make it to increase the chances that I would actually they would actually last and probably have to have some really frank conversations with dad and pair that up, patch that up a little bit more. Um, but also there's challenges down the road for them as far as coming from really different cultural backgrounds yeah. and navigating those. Not that it's impossible. Yeah. Um, I was reading some research earlier about like um, people who are coming from really different uh, class backgrounds talk about the complementary nature of what they bring to the relationship. Interesting. You know, we're often we hear about people coming from similar backgrounds yeah. and how that's that's definitely a protective factor a lot of the mm-hmm. time because there's less to fight about. Yeah. If you have, you know, a lot of the same ideas about how things should be. But right. so I was like, but oh, that also could lead to a lot of sliding, right? You know, it's, it's, you're so similar that you definitely. don't bother having those conversations. Yeah. Although if you don't have those conversations and you're really really different i guess that would just lead to a lot of fighting that's true that's true <laughs> passive aggressive fighting really, rather really than like also, yeah. clear <laughs> conversations about how mm. things impact you and what they mean to you yeah i don't know i'm, I'm yeah. uncertain about their future yeah it's a sweet I story well. what, what yeah. what's informing your decision uh, all those things you said just kind of like if we're playing the probability game in terms of like where they started and their ability to have those conversations, they don't seem to be at that point yet. And I think that puts them on kind of flimsy ground mm-hmm. going forward where something mm-hmm. could kind of interrupt or uh, put them on the wrong path or something along those lines. Yeah, I think they've got a lot of chemicals going on. Yeah. And once those wear off, and, and you can correct me if you've heard something, but I've heard different things like um, about two years-ish is like when those chemicals start to like really kind of like come down. Okay, I've read a couple of things, and I think it was um, 18 months to two years, mm-hmm. so a year and a half to two years, is where those really, like, intense love chemicals kind of, like, start to, like, drop down a little bit, and it gets more about, like, you know, it's more about companionship, mm-hmm. exactly, than it is about kind of, like, that intense passion. Um, On the upside, they do have a lot of, like, 
you know, we talk about like expression of appreciation for your partner as being a protective factor yeah, and increasing satisfaction and closeness and intimacy. So they do have that going for them. They do. They do a really good job of talking about what they appreciate in the other person. And that's yeah. really important. Yeah. yeah. It seems like they would have some good like ability to cope as like with each other. Like if something bad happens to one of them that they'd be able to talk about it with each other. True. True. So there's some potential. There's potential there. Potential. You're trying real hard for that. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. sweet. But I mean, realistically, I'm, I'm like, my research brain is a little bit more skeptical. Yeah. I think it would be really difficult just you know, with all those things going on. And again, they still don't know where each other left. Like, <laughs> that's like key information yeah. to find out. Although yeah. she was going to like some university. So we found that's that true. out. I have no idea where that university yeah, was. Yeah, I don't though. remember what it was. Or where Kellerman's was. And I just remember that Neil didn't seem to care. She's like, I'm going to Cornell. I don't really care where you're going. And I'm going to be the bomb. Yeah. So you should want to date me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I hope for them anyway. Yeah. It could happen. I was wondering about his family. Yeah, that's true, would Except her. He did mention his family a little bit. A little bit. Mm -hmm. Just that they paint houses or his dad and uncle paint houses. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Not much else. <clears throat> right. So would his family approve? Would there be support for their relationship? If yeah. you know, that makes it a lot harder for couples to make it work if there's mm-hmm. forces saying you shouldn't be together outside yeah. of them. Absolutely. And is she like him or what he represents? Because at the beginning it's very much what he represented. Does she grow to like him or just this idea of like Good being point. rebellious or Good point. And where were they going partway through their last dance? They were like running out the door and then the dad comes up and says, admits that he's wrong. Oh, yeah. Where, where were they, they going? going? I don't know. Were they going to like run away from it all I'm together? I'm just going to go do it again. I'm not sure. <laughs> right? Yeah. And by do it, I assume you mean have sex. Yes. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> but then after that talk, they change their minds and come back in. So I was like, were they running away in rebellion? Mm-hmm. But then since dad said, oh, no, it's okay. Then they oh, came in. that's a good point. That- Maybe probably that's what they were likely. trying to represent. Yeah, probably more likely not. So maybe they were willing to, no, <laughs> willing to run away from it all for the chances of the relationship. And then I was like, ooh, chances are slim. Both, you know, like the chances are high that both families are would oppose, not support this relationship. Yeah, that'd be tough. It would be a yeah. tough relationship. Right? Like you said, they do have some things that would work. It's yeah. just, there's a lot. And dad changed his mind. True. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting too. Like, first of all, why is Robbie bringing that up? I don't know, right? Why would Such he ever do that? It's like, oh, thanks for helping me with that like thing that would make you change how you view me. Well, and his, his assumption about all men, like, oh, you know, these things happen from time True. to time. We get, you know, we get in these jams. Or he says something mm-hmm. to, to that effect. Yeah, he very much, like, thought he would connect to Dan over that. And it was like, uh. Take him back my money. Yeah, take him back. I mean, I, oh, I thought it was a letter. Letter wreck. Oh, maybe it was letter wreck. That would make more sense. Yeah. He takes back whatever he's going to give him and apologizes to Johnny. No, like, I, from when I was watching it, I had a very, like, different take on, like, their age differences. I thought he was much older and I thought Dan would really not like that, but he seems to be okay with it at the end. Oh, Johnny's age? Yeah. I have no read on again, I still, I I still see her as, like, 16, not 18. And like, while that's not a huge difference in terms of number, I think it's a difference in terms of like. Well, I think some of that's how she presents with that. Like, I mean, like that doe eyed look like I'm trying to be like really innocent or absolutely. She very much is playing that up. Oh, I forgot to mention. I think it's gender role stuff. During his speech at the end. Yeah. So I was watching with my fiance and I was just like, while she's doing the speech, I'm like, watch, she's going to call her Francis. He's going to call her Francis right now. 
and he did. Like, he <laughs> yeah. saw her as an adult yeah. and it's like very much the symbolic of like she's not baby anymore. This is yeah. not, this is Francis. Like it's yes. like a very big moment. Yeah. She was like my fiance was not as impressed as I was that I called that. I was like, see, like I called it, like it was gonna happen. But you know, I thought it was interesting. So what's your yeah. overall rating of the movie? Overall rating of the movie. Yeah. I'm gonna have to watch it again and then I'm, I'm gonna analyze this content. <laughs> <laughs> what are your main like well what if you say what are your main takeaways as someone who knows some knows really some relationship research from the movie? Like and I do love like romantic comedies that do play into a lot of the narratives that are kind of problematic. If yeah. you take them out of you know media and put them into the real world. And I I like it. I think I would like it differently had I watched it younger. Like if I was a teenager watching it, it's different watching it now. But I still really enjoyed it. I like I liked it a lot. It was pretty. It was pretty good. But I think part of the problem is what appealed to me as a teenager was like this the fantasy of it. Yes. And that's problematic. Yes. Right. Like that's yeah. not. And that's why it would have appealed to me more because it uh, would have been more fantasy esque. And I think yeah. they were very much trying to make it that way, and they were trying to add in the stuff that would have been made it more, I guess, realistic or possibly more appealing for someone who would be older or not. Yeah. yeah. I think they were trying to, yeah, elicit that feeling of like the chemicals, what that would be like. Exactly. Like when you're yeah. watching it, you're you're mm-hmm. feeling this like sense exactly. of euphoria for them mm-hmm. and, and kind of like the very slow dance scenes where it's like very mm-hmm. sensual and they're trying to like really mm-hmm. play that stuff out. Yeah. Yeah. Which I mean those things are great. Attraction is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you also need the actual like yeah. getting to know the person. Is. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was able to get past the fact that that's Ferris Bueller's sister. It took me a long time. It took me about a half hour. But I got past being like, oh, yeah, that's Ferris Bueller's sister. She's so mean. She's such a mean sister. But then I, I you know, I eventually I got You got past it. it. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> cool. So I think the recommendation is? I'd say watch it. Watch I, it, I yeah. I think it's, it's, it's enough. Even if it's not something you think you would like, I think it's good in in other ways and it's good in the sense of like it's a really big part of pop culture it's it's a bigger movie than i understood it was the more i've talked about it with people the more i've realized that it's it's kind of a big movie for people and if you it's watch it with your teen it's a great way to say so yes what could they have talked good. about here it's a very good point that'd be a fun conversation to have probably one i would hate as a teenager but would be very helpful so. right it's one of those necessary ones yeah i mean teens say that that what they really want is to have sex convos with their parents. That is true. And I think that's very surprising to a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. They're not going to, I mean, they're not going to act like they do. Right. And right. they're going to be uncomfortable with it. hundred percent. hundred percent. parents are going to be uncomfortable with it too, yeah. probably. But so it is. Perfect opportunity for some relationship yeah. and, and sex talk. Movies and TV are just such a great opportunity to talk about these things. Yeah. So there you go. That's a good takeaway. Yeah, absolutely. Any other thoughts or ideas Mm-mm. okay well i think we covered it i've had the time of my oh life. i saw that coming <laughs> and because it's the first podcast i've never felt and like i this owe before. it all to you and for inviting me on this podcast is it true <laughs> yes i owe it all it's to a, you i swear oh i, I swear. swear i swear yeah. i can't remember the lyrics it's all right it's totally fine no. okay if you had to choose between um at the time of life or hungry eyes, which one are you going with? Best song on the. On the... Mm, hungry eyes. Hungry eyes. Mm-hmm. As someone who was so into that 
soundtrack was that is that the number one song on the album entirely or is there a hidden gem on there mm. i think overload which one's that you'd have to play it probably okay. to find out i think uh, that's on yeah. i think that's from dirty dancing soundtrack. gotcha gotcha this overload that's that your, that's your go-to yeah okay. Yeah. Nice. I think it's when they're running off to, they're in the car when he's, yeah. Oh, yeah. And he's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. bam. It sinks right with the music when the music goes, bam, 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 and he yeah. bams the tree into the window. Why? It's like, were there not locksmiths in the 60s? Was... It, was, it was the passion of the moment. I think they were trying to capture. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you break a car window. Yes. Very oh, manly. Man. Mm -hmm. That's the level of manliness I hope I never reach. And thanks to you for listening today. If you want to become a part of Relevation Nation and get daily information about romantic relationships, or just want to learn more about Relevate, like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash myrelevate, follow us on Twitter at myrelevate, or on Instagram at instagram.com slash myrelevate. Special thanks to our producer and the composer of our opening music, Denzel Jones. See you next time. <laughs> <laughs>